just build out a great partnership with your stakeholders, become essentially an extended member of their team, get invited to their team meetings, give regular updates and make sure that you are not seen as a place to submit requests to, but you are there as a business value that will help them achieve their own targets. Welcome to Revenue Insights. Every week, we'll be joined by revenue leaders from some of the most successful and highest growing companies. Together, we explore how they built their revenue teams, the journeys that they've been on, and the lessons they have learned along the way. Revenue Insights is brought to you by Ebster. We're a revenue intelligence platform designed to help revenue teams to build more pipeline, close more deals, and retain more customers. Hello, and welcome to the Revenue Insights podcast. This week, I'm joined by Cameron Sharmitzadi, who is the Head of Revenue Operations of the Lightstep Business Unit at ServiceNow. Cameron, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I uh, regularly kind of ask this question at the beginning. Tell me a little bit more about your journey to becoming, you know, Head of Revenue Operations. Yeah, I mean, I've really been in operations my entire career, starting off at Intel, much larger organization. Um, and, you know, I've had a variety of different operations roles since then and ultimately landed at LightStep. My first opportunity at a startup, I think we we're about 70 employees at the time I joined. And it's just been a great opportunity to help build out the revenue operations function um, at a startup. And, you know, we were acquired about a year ago by ServiceNow. So now my, my role is shifting a bit and focusing on how we can integrate the LightStep business unit really into ServiceNow. And uh, and can you talk a little bit more, particularly like when that happened, um, what that integration looks like? Because obviously going from, you know, one organization lights up where I assume it's, it was a fairly mature kind of go-to-market function and then being acquired, what that whole process looks like in terms of how you integrate it together? Yeah, I mean, LightStep was still early in its journey at the time of acquisition. So we were still, you know, figuring things out and trying to find out how we can be more, most effective. Um, we were acquired a year ago, and you know, even though that sounds like it's been a while, we're still very much working on a lot of the integration. So um, like the CRM integration and marketing automation, that's still ongoing. We're just actually nearing uh, completion of that, but there's more to come. Like We need to figure out how we can co-sell the LightStep products along with uh, ServiceNow products on the same order form um, and really consolidate that sales motion and work well with the existing ServiceNow sales organization. Uh, to get into accounts where ServiceNow already has a strong presence. Uh, so this is, it's ongoing. It's, you know, it's not something that's already complete. It's going to be a little while longer. It's not just the system piece. It's the process. It's figuring out how we can work well together to co-sell. Yeah. And and what does that, obviously, when you heard the news, what does that process then look like for you in terms of, right, how do I actually plan for this? You know, all the different component parts, you know, not just systems, but as you say, like the, the processes as well. Well, luckily, I'd been through this before, not on uh, not being acquired, but being on the acquiring end. Uh, so while I was at Atlassian, we acquired several different companies, and a main, a primary part of my focus at Atlassian was actually figuring out how to integrate uh, those acquired organizations, not just into the tech stack, but um, how to consolidate processes, how how roles and responsibilities would work going forward. Atlassian has a very different sales model than. Is traditional in the B2B space. So we needed to figure out how to make that work alongside uh, the acquired companies. 
Uh, so this was my first time, you know, on the other side of things, but I already had a very good idea of what needed to happen. And it really just for me started with listing out all the this, this stuff that I knew I needed to get done over the next year and trying to build a roadmap around, uh, you know, around that and just getting the, the resources, both people and, and money that would be necessary to make that successful. Mm. And can you shed a little bit more light on what that roadmap like looks like? And I guess up to where you are today. So there was a very short term um, list of things we needed to get done immediately to enable Lightstep to sell ad service now. So this meant like reviewing our order form terms, uh, making sure we were fully and compliant with ServiceNow policies. Um, so that was like the immediate focus. The next phase of this for me was really the data and system migration. And this is what we're wrapping up right now. Um, and that's been about a you know six to nine month journey to figure out which systems we're going to use, how to align all these fields and data. Um, and it's a very cross-functional process. Um, it's, you know, this is spanning sales, marketing, customer success, finance. And we need to make sure that we are able to you know, continue billing, invoicing our customers, signing up new accounts in the way that Lightstep has been able to do that. Um, we actually have a billing model that's largely subscription or uh, usage-based, and that's not something that already existed at ServiceNow. So there's a lot there that we need to um, figure out so that we can make sure our existing subscription billing model works um, at ServiceNow. And then going forward, it's things like being able to co-sell more effectively, uh, work with ServiceNow partners, um, further build out support for the subscription billing process. Uh, so there, there's a lot more that needs to happen. Uh, I, I would say the big chunk of this, which has been the system and data migration, that's just getting wrapped up and it's already been a year. Um, but we still have six plus months more of work to do and we'll probably identify more uh, in, in the coming months. Yeah, I can imagine this. it's an ever-evolving process, right? It is, yeah. um, and so in that time that you've kind of been bringing everything together, what would you say have been the three biggest challenges that that, that you've faced? Oftentimes, it's identifying just the right owners for things. And, you know, ServiceNow is a large organization. When I was at Lightstep, it was very clear who owned what. And for the most part, uh, when it was revenue operations, it was largely me. Uh, now, when you're interacting with a much larger 18,000 or so employee organization, um, you really need to identify who is able to make a decision, um, who owns each specific area, and you have to get consensus across the board because nothing is um, you know, isolated and up to one person's span of control. You really need to have a conversation with a much broader audience um, to understand whether or not you can move forward with the proposal. So that has been one of the, the bigger challenges is just trying to identify who the right stakeholders are uh, and get approval before you are able to move forward. And is that something uh, I, I assume because, because of the, just the sheer size um, of things over at ServiceNow? Is that right? Yeah, I mean, um, it, we have like two separate uh, organizations that are very different in terms of just the size and the, the scale of ownership. Um, and so just because of that, you really need to be able to identify who your stakeholders are, um, who you can partner with to help get things done. And I mean, that's partially a function of company size, um, but it, this is like a multi-month process. And I don't think that, you know, prior to the Lightstep acquisition that ServiceNow had previously acquired a company of Lightstep size. I think we we're about 100 plus employees at that time. 
Um, so a lot of the um, acquisition motions were relatively new to a lot of people as part of ServiceNow, especially because the company had been growing so quickly and hiring new people. Um, so there's just a lot of stuff that was relatively new that we needed to figure out to make the, the project successful. Mm, yeah. And we were talking actually before the show um, that uh, obviously with your role was in revenue operations, obviously going to um, going to ServiceNow, they don't actually have a specific revenue operations function. So for, for you actually going in there, is it a case of, uh, I'm trying to like visualize it, of how does it like start to connect together with their operations setup at the minute and the role that you're playing and, and how it starts to integrate together? Yeah, um, we're still figuring that out. So as things are today, I'm still part of like the Lightstep go-to-market organization, which includes our sales and our CS teams. Um, so I am not part of a broader ServiceNow operations group. I suspect something might change there in the coming months. Um, but yeah, yeah, there is no comparable, as far as I'm aware, comparable role within uh, ServiceNow just yet. Um, there is a very strong operations group. Uh, I think that's mostly focused on the sales operations side of things. And marketing operations today is a, a separate organization. Um, so yeah, we're still trying to figure out how this, uh, how the operations functions for Lightstep will um, fit into the ServiceNow organization. But for now, it's separate. Really, yeah, it would be really interesting to hear, like in the future, how it starts to play out. Because as you kind of touched on there, with like um, separate sales and marketing operations functions over there, it would be interesting to see whether. Um, much with kind of many organizations, you know, the overarching like revenue operations starts to come into things. On the whole, you know, across your career, what have been the three biggest challenges that you'd say that you've that you've faced? And how do you think that you've overcome them? You know, I think early in my career, I was probably outpacing some of my uh, colleagues. And so it, it, it felt like I was Oftentimes, the youngest one in the room, and I think that was at times quite challenging to be taken seriously, at least up front. Um, and so what I had to do is just put in a lot of good work over time um, and establish that trust in an organization before people realize they could, you know, at the time, trust somebody who was uh, 20 years old at Intel. Um, you know, I, I joined pretty young, and um, that was always a challenge that I face is just how to establish myself within an organization when, um, you know, my colleagues are maybe twice my age. Um, so that, that was always a challenge. And I, you know, I've moved up fairly, you know, quickly throughout my career. Um, and it's less of an issue now, but that's something that I've, that, that's a struggle I've encountered in multiple roles. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's something that certainly I found as well never really goes away either um, until <laughs> until you really get to that point where it's like, right now I am, you know, much older. And it's very similar to something that I cover a lot on the podcast, which is also like imposter syndrome as well, where, you know, coming into it, I think it's ultimately a good thing to have imposter syndrome because that's really like how you, how you grow, like within the role. But, um, but actually it's something that goes hand in hand with I think being being young and, and in that position and and I wonder whether in in your case it's amplified even more within a revenue operations role particularly you know getting buy-in around it, it's still a relatively new function um is that something that you've um, experienced yourself you know I'd say so because you're 
when you're interacting with these more established organizations like sales and marketing, which are traditional, and you have these at every organization, and they've been, you know, been there for the last 50 plus years, um, whereas revenue operations is quite a new function, it can be challenging to, you know, come in and explain why, first of all, this function should exist and should be discrete from, let's say, sales or marketing. Uh, but then why you think you might have a better way of doing something uh, when somebody might have been doing it a certain way the last 20 years. Um, so it's not always easy to change people's perceptions or just way of doing things, especially when it's they're well-established. Um, but it's often helpful to be able to point to some sort of data and say, you know, this doesn't look good versus the market. And I think implementing X will help improve that. Um, and so I that's generally how I would try to combat that, but you'll still be met with skepticism. And until you actually deliver it and have some time to show the results, um, I, I think people will still be a little reluctant to engage in brand new sweeping revenue operations initiatives. And so let's take it in a slightly different direction then. So how, in, t- in terms of how you uh, the revenue functions at the minute, is it still very separate? Um, with how you know Lightstep operating still very much on its own, or is it, or are you starting to see some crossover with ServiceNow? I want to do more the way that ServiceNow is doing things because I don't. I generally don't think it makes sense to operate completely separately and have different processes. So we are as much as possible trying to adopt the ServiceNow way of doing things, just so we can have better consistency across the board and we can work better uh, with our ServiceNow colleagues. So. Uh, when, when you look at forecasting, for example, and I'm not an expert on the ServiceNow processes here by any means, but uh, we are trying to move more closely to the ServiceNow way of doing things. Um, and I think that's going to help just allow the teams to work better together and, and improve our accuracy in everything that, that we do. Can we, can we dig into that a little bit more of like, particularly with regards to forecasting, because it's very much top of mind for me at the minute. So what, what does that process look like? And I guess how are ServiceNow doing it at the minute? I'm still learning um, the, you know, the ServiceNow details here, but um, to give a couple of examples, like we are aligning our forecast categories in CRMs so that they are they replicate the way ServiceNow rolls up data. Uh, we are also now um, splitting it out in the same geo definitions that ServiceNow does this, um, and so that our ServiceNow colleagues can roll up a light step number um, to the broader ServiceNow number in a consistent way. So it's not like we are giving a completely separate measure of data. Uh, we had to align definitions. We use, we, you know, prior to the acquisition, we were, we were, uh, referred to revenue as ARR. Um, ServiceNow refers to it as ACV. And there were some definitions that were slightly different in there. Um, just the way we would account for, let's say, built-in upsells um, and a couple other edge cases that were just handled differently. So uh, one of the very first things we needed to do was actually align our definitions, use the same terms, um, define geos the same way, make sure we're rolling up information to the same forecast categories. And so that's just at a high level, like some of what we need to do to make sure that we are consistent across the board. And, you know, as we learn more about the way ServiceNow does things and look at historical information, we'll have a better sense of how to forecast uh, future quarters for LightStep. Mm, amazing. And so to take a step away I think from uh, from Lightstep um, specifically. So, from your experience, you know, having been at we've talked about Lightstep, also Atlassian before Intel, 
um, before that. Um, how do you create consistency between, you know, the revenue operations function and, you know, the revenue teams that you're working with? I think it all starts with setting clear goals across the, the revenue teams. So that's something the revenue operations team should help drive and define. Um, and that means not just deciding what it is that you should be measuring, but how you should be measuring it and what those targets should be. And those should be relatively constant um, quarter to quarter. Of course, the the goals change, the targets change, but the definitions and, and um, the key performance indicators, the things you're actually tracking should be relatively constant. And so that was one of the first things that, you know, I did at LightStep, but it's also something everybody needs to do in the revenue operations teams that they are in today is making sure they're syncing with their uh, their colleagues across go-to-market function to define what it is that you're measuring, what's important for the organization, what the targets are. And you have a single source of truth uh, for that data. So at the end of the quarter, there's agreement on, on how the quarter went um, relative to the target. And you can discuss what your, quarters, your, your goals should be for the, the following quarters. Brilliant. And so how exactly do you get the buy-in from, you know, particularly, you know, for example, in fact, sales teams, you know, on those goals, on those KPIs in terms of what they're hitting? And then I guess second part to that question is how how are you working with them to actually support them in hitting those goals? Yeah, so I think at many companies you have maybe a company-wide plan or something you're talking to your board about. Um, you have these sort of wide objectives that the revenue organization needs to deliver. And so oftentimes it's about working backwards from that while also doing a bottoms-up analysis to make sure those targets are reasonable. And if you have great historical data, and um, we're fortunate enough that we do have good historical data, just not much of it, um, we're able to identify uh, what conversion rates are, what average sales prices have been historically. And that gives us a sense of how many deals we need to close, how many uh, stage one opportunities we need to have, um, what our targets should be for our SDR organization, for example. And so you have to work backwards from what that ultimate goal is while simultaneously doing a bottoms-up analysis to make sure that that company-wide goal is reasonable and you have a clear path to hitting it. Yeah. And something that we were talking about before, um, particularly around collaboration, is you know the, the actual relationships between you know, revenue operations and those stakeholder teams. How, how exactly are you, or from your experience, do you help to nurture those relationships and really build them into something that that helps to drive those results? Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's really important to be a trusted business partner for those stakeholders. And I think one mistake a, a lot of revenue operations, sales ops, marketing ops teams make um, is that they are overly focused on like submitting tickets. Um, and so I know this might be an unpopular opinion, uh, but I think when those operations teams fail to position themselves as strategic partners um, and instead direct their stakeholders to submit a ticket, that, that's just ineffective. And you know, tickets are a great way for teams to track their own work, but they shouldn't be used as a shield to deflect ownership to a queue or to avoid a tough conversation. Um, so instead, I think you know, revenue operations teams really need to be proactive and speak with their stakeholders to capture requirements that they didn't even know they had. Um, they need to provide a best-in-class customer experience, um, even if it's not the most convenient option for the revenue operations team. 
you need to deliver on your commitments, right? Uh, people need to have trust that the revenue operations team will come through when they say, you know, something will be delivered in the next sprint. Um, and then you need to be transparent and share frequent updates. And I think if you do those things and you focus on being a great partner to the business, uh, you start to deliver value. You start to be a multiplier. And revenue operations is not a cost center, but it's actually um, a way to generate an extra 20, 25% um, increase in revenue in the following quarter. Hmm. And how did you start to, um, is there a way of like measuring that in terms of like the strength of those relationships? And I guess the second part of that question really is how do you start to, um, how do you start to scale that as you grow? Um, is that something that you can do within revenue operations or is that something that, you know, perhaps as head of revenue operations, you need to build up with, you know, your equivalent stakeholder in the sales team? So I think there are multiple ways to measure this. Um, for us and what I've done in a couple of prior roles is you're able to establish a baseline for some particular measure. Uh, and so, for example, it, whether it's like enterprise revenue or if it's upsell revenue, you have some sort of understanding of generally where that lies. And then if you're able to deliver a process change um, and maybe even tag things with a campaign, depending on what sort of changes you're making, you have a way to actually see and attribute, granted it's correlation typically, not causation, but you're able to see um, that you had a massive increase, maybe 20, 25% increase um, in revenue from a particular go-to-market strategy or sales motion. Um, and if that's something a revenue operations team is leading and delivering, you have that to point to to say you were able to generate you know, 20% uh, increase in revenue the following quarter based on this project that revenue operations delivered. And so I think it's really important to be able to establish that baseline and be able to show what changed over time. Um, because oftentimes, you know, revenue operations teams are delivering these incremental improvements, but they really add up over time. Um, and you, you want to make sure you're able to quantify that and justify the value that revenue operations brings to an organization. Um, in terms of partnering as your team grows, um, I think it's just really important to have very clear roles and responsibilities across revenue operations and for their stakeholders to know that um, that member of revenue operations is their go-to contact for whatever it is that they need. Um, and so that's where I'd like to focus you know, my teams on delivering value. It's just build out a great partnership uh, with your stakeholders, become essentially a an extended member of their team, get invited to their team meetings, um, give regular updates, and make sure that you are not seen as a place to submit requests to, but you are there as a business value that will help them achieve their own targets. Is there, could, could you share perhaps one uh, example um, from maybe at Lightstep or, or your career as a whole of an initiative that you've run that's really helped to you know, grow those relationships? Yeah, so at Lightstep specifically, you know, when I joined, we didn't really have a, an upsell sales motion. So we were acquiring all of our re revenue from either new business or at time of renewal, but not in between. Um, and so that was something I was able to identify pretty quickly just by looking at historical data at the time I joined. And that just stood out to me as a big gap. This should be a place where we're capturing additional business. And in digging into that a bit more, I realized we didn't actually have a great way to track customer usage. And so we might sell certain limits, um, but if customers were exceeding those limits, we weren't really having those conversations because nobody really knew about it. Um, and so 
just improving visibility into customer utilization was a top priority for me. And then figuring out how we can have conversations with customers and how we can incentivize buying more, uh, perhaps at a discounted rate, but pre-committing up front, capturing that as recurring revenue. Um, that was a big focus. So in that, uh, you know, for that example, it's quite obvious how to measure the increase in revenue from this revenue operations initiative, um, because that motion did not really exist at all uh, previously. Uh, so I, I think, you know, that just had a very big uh, impact on the organization. Um, and it was quite dramatic, you know, since that change, we're now seeing like over 30% of our revenue come from these upsells. And it was previously less than 1%. We had done, I think, one deal ever in the time before like we made these changes. Um, so that's the substantial impact that revenue operations can have on an organization. And if you just dig into the data, you can identify these gaps. And these become you know, top priorities on your roadmap to go off and address. Yeah, I think that's a really. It sounds like an amazing way to like start building that trust, and probably is one of the big takeaways I think from what we've kind of talked about is you know demonstrating that value to be able right. to then get the buy-in in terms of you know this is how we can start to work together because then I guess it then opens up to you know what more can we do at that 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 stage and and it does start to get you to a point of well hopefully where you're doing less ticketing at the end of the day. Um, over the past kind of like few years that you've been at Lightstep, what would you say would be the one single biggest learning that you've had um, which, that you wish you knew at the beginning? I, I think it's important to not just set targets for the revenue organization, but to set targets for the revenue operations organization. Um, so, you know, one potential challenge I think revenue operations can face is you are delivering value, but you're in many ways you're delivering value to like, a sales organization achieving their targets or a marketing organization achieving their targets. And so it's important to also clearly define upfront what it is that revenue operations is planning to do so that, you know, you can share in the credit uh, when things go well. Um, and so that's something, you know, I wish I had done more of earlier. It's not just a light step thing. You know, this is something that is important for anybody listening to this to go off and do in their own organization uh, because, you know, un unfortunately or fortunately, when you deliver value to your stakeholders, um, you you run the risk of it not being perceived as value brought by uh, the revenue operations team. Yeah, can you can you share perhaps an example of you know since then you know perhaps what one of those situations that um, after you kind of worked that out, it was like okay, now I'm going to do this, and to be able to then get the um, the recognition for the impact that you've had. Um, so we've made some changes or really implemented new campaign types and uh, used a third-party data source to identify leads from uh, alumni customers that have you know moved on elsewhere. And that ended up being a very good um, lead source for us. And I think it's about 18% of our stage one opportunities come from user gems. That's the name of the third-party vendor. So it's been very successful for us. And, you know, we tag this as, you know, when we do our um, reporting on where our opportunities are come from, coming from, we tag this as like a marketing source opportunity. And in many ways it is, but this was also, you know, a revenue operations project to help implement this and to bring this on. And this was not something that was on any sort of marketing roadmap, uh, you know, before revenue operations took this on. 
Uh, and so it's you know very easy to contribute to marketing team delivering a number of leads or, or meetings in a quarter. Um, but this is really something that was driven by revenue operations, right? So, you know, going into the quarter, of course, helping the marketing team achieve its targets was a goal for revenue operations. And when uh, we are successful and we allow our teams to be successful or enable them to be successful, uh, but you also just need to make sure that you are documenting up front that you are going to be working on this very specific project and you expect it to deliver more meetings, more opportunities, more leads, and then be able to demonstrate that at the end of the quarter. So I, I would just be a little bit more granular in how I define uh, you know, some of the quarterly objectives or goals for revenue operations so that when something does go well, you have a very specific project to point to that helped um, you know, en- enable those results. Mm. Now, I want to ask a slightly different question. I spotted in my research on you um, when I was kind of looking into your background um, beforehand that you're a keen runner. So I'm intrigued to know, have, are there any kind of um, skills or lessons that you've learned, you know, being a runner that you've actually transferred into your career? Yes, several. So um, one of them we just talked about. So it's, you know, just setting measurable goals. Um, and these are both like short-term and long-term goals. So you might have a goal for what you do this week, but also what you do this year or this season. Um, and, and the next I think key learning for me was that in order to be successful, you really have to put in the the work on a daily basis. It needs to become repeatable. It needs to become something that becomes a habit. Um, so if you are you know, trying to achieve a long-term goal, you're not going to be able to do that successfully unless you've made this into a daily habit um, and you don't even have to think twice about it. It's second nature and over time, you just see gradual improvement. Yeah, it's the uh, it's it's the marginal gains over time, right? right? From the small little initiatives that you do, um, and uh, I can only imagine like it it goes hand in hand so well with with revenue operations in particular, finding you know those small little things that are and finding those little levers that you can pull, you know, to increase win rates, to shorten sales cycle, which might only be you know a fraction of a percent in for a single rep, but when actually amplified over time causes this influx, really, um, of improvement over time. Yeah, absolutely. Cameron, um, it's been wonderful to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, Last little bit, you know, to everyone listening at home, if they want to connect with you, learn a little bit more about what you're doing um, over at Lightstep, um, where can they find you? Uh, You know, I'm not really on the social networks, but you'll find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, we'll put a link down to your profile down in the show notes. Um, so Cameron, thank you so much again for, for, for coming on. It's been great to have you. Um, and everyone listening at home, thank you so much for listening and, uh, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Revenue Insights. If you want to learn more, subscribe to our newsletter and we'll deliver every episode straight to your inbox. If you have any questions, feel free to connect with us on LinkedIn. Our links will be in the episode notes. See you next week.